Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, like many people in Ireland, Sinead Connell changed career during the pandemic. In Sinead's case, that meant becoming an online sex worker through an OnlyFans account. Sinead is now the subject of a documentary which will screen at the Krakow Film Festival. It's called Call Me Mommy. And the director, Tara O'Callaghan, and Sinead herself join us now. Afternoon to you both. Hi. Uh, Right, so Sinead, what was going on in your life when you decided to investigate this? When I decided to start up yeah. an account and things like that. Well, um, it had just started, COVID had just started setting in and um, basically everywhere was closed, right? Everyone mm. was bored. Um, at the time, I was um, a bodybuilder and I was competing in shows and things like that. So my plans that I all had for that year of, you know, training three times a day in a gym and prepping and all that kind of got turned upside down because the gyms were closed and I started putting on weight, getting very stressed out and bored, really. And I thought, gosh, you know, I just started looking into it more. It was becoming very glamorised. It was all I was seeing on social media. Um, And just everybody was talking about it. And I didn't really know that much about it, but I kind of just started. Do you know what I mean? Mm. With I I didn't know too much about what I was doing, but it was just something I decided I'm going to give it a shot. Right. So did you do much kind of research beforehand to figure out how it works and everything? No, not too much, to be honest. I kind of started up the site and then learned as I went along and watched some YouTube videos and things like that, which I found not too helpful because it was younger girls doing videos and, you know, who had big Instagram followings and things like that. So they made it sound very easy Mm. and very glamorous. Um, So I kind of thought it was just going to be... I I don't really know what I thought, but I didn't think it would be (laughs) as much work as I anticipated. I didn't think that it would change my life to this degree, if that makes sense. Mm. So uh, I take it from what you're saying there, you discovered pretty quickly that it wasn't easy and it wasn't glamorous. The glamour part lasted for a good while, I'm not going to lie. And um, for the beginning, obviously, when you do these things, everything is exciting and new. Mm. Um, and you're learning as you go along, right? So you don't really know what you're doing and you don't know what other people really are earning or what people aren't. So you're very happy. I was just happy doing what I was doing. Um And then I started working with more girls, getting in with people that are in the industry, finding out how I could make my page better and how to advertise more. And then that's when the workload started increasing for me because I really gauged what people could earn from doing it, what you have to do to advertise yourself best. And then that's when the work kind of, I kind of thought, gosh, this isn't, this isn't kind of what I as easy as I thought it would be, mm. you know? So, yeah, it sounds like then there's a lot of marketing kind of involved. It is. I didn't realise by starting up an OnlyFans site that I would basically have to become a content creator on all platforms. Mm. You know, I, I didn't, it's like I didn't, I don't know what I thought, but I didn't realise I'd be signing up for that, you know, that you'd have to be on TikTok and Instagram and, you know, Facebook and Snapchat and constantly... Because OnlyFans doesn't advertise you, so you have to do all the advertising, um, you know, yourself. So mm. it, for me, it wasn't something that I could keep private, even if I wanted to, because how was I going to get people yeah. seeing who I was, you know? So um, 
that in itself was a lot of work and you nearly put more work into that than you have to actually put into your page. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah. And and in the course of doing that then, were you kind of saying, right, I have to market myself in a certain way? Or, or you know, is there a, a unique selling point? Yeah, well... Um, the thing is, I have gone, I'm only still learning how to market myself as well, if that makes sense, because I, as far as I know, am the oldest woman in Ireland doing the site at the moment. And it has been that way for the last year and a half. I didn't realise when I started this that the market was young and that all the girls are between, say, 18 and you know, their late 20s. There mm. is a couple older, but there's no one that I've seen that's even in late 30s to early 40s doing it. Yeah. So the younger girls um, can market themselves, obviously, to a certain way, okay? And it's easy marketable. For someone my age, um, you're going into the MILF categories um, and you're not going to appeal to everyone because you're older. So, for instance, older guys... What do they look for? They look for younger girls, m- mostly. Okay, mm. so they'd have uh, like sugar daddies and things like that, or you know, people that want to spend money on them. I'm kind of getting young guys that are eighteen, nineteen, twenty. You know, that haven't got jobs, that are still in college, that haven't got okay. more money, that haven't got much money to spend. It's a whole different bracket for me to get into. So I had to find my own way on my own of what works best for me to advertise. And then did you have to also figure out how much you should be charging or does that, as you got more popular? As I got more popular, I gauged and I I did put my, like I had my sub price very high to begin with and I realised you get more subs with a lower price, Um, you know, videos, um, just all all different things I've priced different. You know, there's stuff um, that I've made higher, like such as video calls and things that or more work for me to do. Mm. I've increased prices of that, but then I would also lower my sub price. There would be a sale on it a lot and things like that. There is so much that goes into it that I don't think people realise. And But I'm only speaking from my point of view of four kids, how hard it is for me to fit everything in because I, if, if somebody's full-time job and they're in their 20s and maybe they have no kids or whatever, then they're able to go live on TikTok all day or, you know, make lots of content, you know, interact with their subs a lot. But I'm in and out of my car literally all day. If during the day, you know, I'm doing mom things, Mm. I'm in the car after school, going to school clubs, hobbies, Mm. (laughs) like then I'm knackered at night, man. And I'm not in the mood to start doing video calls and everything, but it's work, you know. And, you know, um, I, I make sure I go live on TikTok most days and things like that to to interact with people to but this is all extra work piled on top of being a mom full time yeah, do you so know what hours are you then working are you doing I mean only if I, that's all work I, but it, just, it just depends I mean at the weekend nights I could do video calls quite late into the night if it was mm. busy because when do guys get video calls right when they come home from the pub after a few drinks right and they have they want to spend their money okay things like that but um, then there's some days it depends how much you want to work I mean there is days that you can take hours off but I'm not in a place yet where my page will tick over quite comfortably without me putting the work in I mean there's some girls that maybe can make a lot of money just you know with ticking over with resubs and things like that but I'm not in that place yet so the days that I work less I make less money and I can have incredibly great months where the money flows in but another thing people don't understand with OnlyFans is the next month you could earn 
half that amount. Yeah. And that is as quick as it goes. You're working for yourself and the money is not um, always the same every month. Like you go up and down. It's your own business, essentially. Yeah. Is it seasonal? Is there like, is it busier yes. during the summer? Or, um, you know? Well, COVID was great for yeah. everyone started, which is why everyone really saturated the market then, you know, um, because nobody had anything else to do or spend their money on. Um, and they were looking for like some type of personal interaction over COVID men were. So that's why OnlyFans was perfect because you're not only watching porn, you get to interact with the person as well. But um, I would find things that people would think may be busy, like Christmas. You might think, oh, we'll do really well at Christmas. At Christmas time, men are mostly buying their wives, girlfriends, kids, whoever, presents. They're not spending, and it's a family time, so they're mm. not spending so much. It, it depends. You know, so I thought, for instance, December would be very slow for me, but December ended up being a very good month for me for whatever reason. But you can't really say, but a majority of time, things like Valentine's Day and stuff would be slower. Yeah, okay. You know, because yeah. they're spending... <laughs> <laughs> the money. Also, do you have rules of things that you will do and won't do, say, during the video calls, I imagine, particularly? Um, yeah, I'm very lucky because, like I said, it, it took me a while to run my page the way I was comfortable with it and running it. So I'm mostly a dominatrix on my page. So um, I feel like I'm very much in control with everything mm. um, I do on my page because... Um, I would get a lot of guys that are maybe submissive or, you know, younger mm. or so um, I've I've got my page now to a place where I really run it as I like, you know. So um, there's not much that I would be asked to do that I wouldn't feel comfortable with doing. But if I wasn't comfortable with doing it, I'd just say no. I yeah. mean, it's just on a, on a video call. I mean, sometimes guys can be talking to you. It's a normal video call and then they can, you know... In a fantasy way, start pretending they're like fifteen or fourteen, um, mm. things like that, because yeah. that's their fetish. That I'm not comfortable with that, um, but I've dealt with that a few times now, and I would just say I'm not comfortable with the age role play, you yeah. know, of, yeah. of being. But it's things like that, you know, um, you know, uh, racial slurs. Sometimes people have a fetish for that they'd want you to say racial slurs and things mm. like that. I wouldn't be comfortable with that. I, you know, it's. You just, you don't do what you're not comfortable with. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Before you started this, Tara, did you have any notion? Did you think it was all glamour and easy money? Well, before I kind of started it, like I guess there was a lot of kind of preconceptions around at the time of what OnlyFans was and kind of what the sex industry is. And it was this kind of like get rich quick scheme, it seemed like mm. that. You know, you kind of go on, you make a lot of money, you'd end up in Dubai with like, you know, a lot of cash. And then I think I went into it knowing these kind of preconceptions. But then off the other end of it, like... It's it's not easy money. It's hard work. These these women are working crazy hours, and they're also being asked. Their limit of what they're being asked to do is being constantly pushed because the market's so saturated, especially over COVID. Like so many women got into it, so it's it's quite competitive. Yeah, and the, the, t- when you were starting doing the initial, now obviously Sinead is co- is quite open about what she's doing, yeah, but I imagine yeah. there's probably many women you approach who are no way I'm going to talk to you about this. See, yeah, I mean, the whole kind of process of the film, like I'd say we kind of spent like about a year researching, speaking to different women. So like initially it was quite hard to get women to speak to us because a lot of the women would kind of get taken advantage of where their people would kind of portray their stories in different ways, kind of they would kind of use it as like a, um, I don't know, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't kind of, they would, they would do these pieces on these women and then the women would get a lot of backlash. So if I was speaking to a woman who we were going to shoot with, 
then this kind of story would come out and then all of a sudden they drop out of the film. So it was quite hard to get people to trust me. That was quite a struggle. Mm. Um, and then kind of, you know, we spent, I think, you know, a year filming, shooting, speaking to women. And then I kind of got Sinead's number and then me and Sinead started speaking. And uh, yeah, she was just very different from every other sex worker I spoke to. Uh, she was so different because we um, kind of, the average woman was like, I think, 18 to 25 on the platform. Yeah. So, you know, Sinead's story was very unique from, from the outset. And mm. uh, I, I mean, I absolutely loved her story. Like she, uh, you know, Sinead really did overcome a lot of challenges and stuff in her life. And like, I think it could have been very easy for Sinead to kind of, after everything she's been through, like we we, we did kind of talk about some of that stuff in the film, um, touched off some of it. But I think it could have been easy for her to kind of say like, you know, I'm a mom now, I've got four kids, got all these animals, I'm going to kind of just focus on the mammy side of things. But she didn't. And that to me, I found that quite inspiring, quite different. Um, and she's, I think she's very seeing, she's seeing this as like the next phase of her life. And I thought that was amazing. So yeah, I, thought, I really loved her story. Yeah, and the, the, obviously you're being quite open about it. You've mm. told the kids about it? Oh yeah, they all know. Sure, I, I mean, I, I, I work in the house. I've only recently got a log cabin built out my back where I do video calls and all that type of stuff now. But before all that, I would obviously be doing it in the house. My house is packed. I have 12 pets and four kids. So, it like... To be honest, if my kids were awake and I was doing video calls and things, I thought I would genuinely have to say, kids, I'm doing a video call. Do not ask for a drink of water. Don't call my name. Don't, you know, you can hear kids shouting, mom, in the background. But um, yeah, it's, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do or that it's normal for every other family to do. But I have normalised it in my family as much as I can. So it's not unusual. I I think it's great as well, the fact that, Sinead, you can be at home with your kids all the time. Like, you know, you you can be around them. Like, you're making money to fully support them. You're not away from them as well. Like, that's great. I am home all the time. Like, I Mm. find my kids, not that I'd go out, but say I was going out for a night out or something like that. My kids would be like, oh, my God, when's she coming home? Where is she gone? Because I'm home so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Before COVID, I wasn't. But um, my kids have never, like, asked me to stop doing this. You know, if I said to them, I'm going to go back bodybuilding now, kids, they'd go, please, God, mom, we can't bury you in the gym that much. You know, God, you, you were never home. You're always cranky. But they've ne- so they'd say to me, please don't go back to doing competing again in shows. But mm. they have never said, please, mom, don't do yeah. um, OnlyFans, you know? I, has, it, uh, has it thrown up any difficulties for you being so open about it in terms of other family or oh, well, anything of that nature? Yeah, I'm actually, as we're doing this interview now, um, my family all tra- are travelling down um, to my sister's wedding. My sister's getting married tomorrow and I'm not invited to that now. Or if, not that I'm not invited. I speak to my sister whose wedding it is, but she's the only member of family I really do have a relationship with um, of my siblings. So... Um, I unfortunately am going to her wedding tomorrow because I feel it will cause too much upset because I haven't spoken to my dad since I started mm. doing OnlyFans or anything like that. He's in his 80s now. And um, I think that that's something that people should be aware of when they go into this line of work as well. I don't know whether people really realise if you're going to do something like this, that not only does it affect, you know, it's not just about the money and your social medias and things like that, like stuff like doing this can really affect your future and not everybody accepts it yet as, you know, it should be more normalised. Like I, it's funny, 
that I'm on air today talking about, you know, my job and, you know, my whole family are travelling now, travelling to a wedding now altogether mm. that, you know, I'm not going to. And, it, and it's a sad part of it. So I really want girls to think before they get into this job, is that worth it to them? Mm. To yeah. me it is because I'm a mature lady and I have four kids and, you know, I, I feel yeah. what I'm doing is important by speaking about it but if you're a young girl in your 20s it might be very hard on you well yeah. again like just speaking about that kind of perception like a lot of women jump into OnlyFans because they think I'm going to make a lot of money when in reality the longevity of OnlyFans is a couple months like people don't really realise the amount of baggage that comes with doing online sex work yeah. it's a kind of like a high risk high reward situation so they might be on it like even Sinead like you're on it for like a year and a half yeah. like Sinead's like a, a seasoned veteran a from being on it a year and a half. Right. Whereas yeah. with the women who are on it, like, I mean, usually, like, I mean, the women I speak to, they're on it for two, three months and then they're gone. So they might make like a couple grand. It might They might make a lot, of men, a lot of money in that short period of time, but they're usually off it because it's, you know, it's the business of emotions. They're dealing with a lot of pressure in the job as well as I think the further you go outside of Dublin from the women that I spoke to, like in Dublin, there's a, a much more relaxed attitude around the online sex industry, online sex world, which is great that we have that here. But the further out you go, smaller communities there's like a huge amount of backlash these girls are facing you yeah, know so yeah. I heard a lot of stories about all that pressure so you're dealing with the inside pressure and the outside pressure of the communities so they, a lot of women just can't handle it so they're on it for a couple of months they might make a lot of money but then you know the reality is a couple of months later they're kind of left with the aftermath of all that it yeah. doesn't go away no yeah. you know so do you anticipate Sinead that, that you know there's a limited life expectancy to this to the- well I've given up too much to do this to not continue to stay in this, you mm. know, if that makes sense. Like another problem with this work is, or not a problem, um, I mean, you can look at it whatever way you want, but if you if you earn good money on this site, not everybody does, and if you get to the level where you're earning a good money, it becomes addictable. Mm. So you're pushed more, you, you do push your limits more. Oh, Oh, I know if I did this. Um, it would make more money on my page or mm. I know if I do this or I know if I collab with this person. And, you know, the money is, it's not easy, but it's, it can be fast, okay? Um, and so it would be very hard for me to leave this now. And that's another thing about getting into sex work. It's very addictable because of the whole lifestyle and because of the amount of money that you earn quickly and everything. Like, it's a hard industry to leave, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like, it would be very hard and especially the girls that are making a lot more money than me. I mean, there is some girls that are really making, I mean, thousands upon thousands a month. That would be very hard for them if this work goes anywhere to get a normal job because you don't get paid the same money yeah, in yeah. a in a normal job, you know? You don't have the freedom and there is a certain glamour to this job, don't get me wrong. And I'm sure if you're in your 20s, it's even more glamorous. I mean, I'm going home, taking off my makeup and dying to get to bed because I have to get up with kids in the morning. But if, if if you're in your 20s and you're living your best life and you've no kids and you've all this money and you've all this time to film, yeah, I can understand why girls think it's a fantastic job, you know? Do you enjoy it? The work itself, I mean, obviously the money is, is a great benefit. Yes, I do. And I know it might sound contradictory from what I'm saying and people ask me that. If I didn't enjoy it, like, I wouldn't do it. But I'm just very aware of telling people the downsides to the job mm-hmm. as well because at the age of like I'm nearly 42 now I can take the backlash that I receive from it and how people treat me and the disrespect and things but I'm not saying it doesn't hurt 
So I just mean if girls are in their 20s or something, or even mothers like me who decide they want to earn some fast, quick money, I just want people to realise the work that goes into it. And I also just want other people to... I, I enjoy my work, but I don't enjoy how I'm treated sometimes when mm. I go out and how other people treat me, and I shouldn't feel like that. So I'm not going to give up this job because of the downsides or because of why people treat me a certain way, but I just think it's important for people to know. The name of the documentary is Call Me Mommy. Tara O'Callaghan is the director. Sinead Connell is the subject of the documentary. Thank you both very much. Thanks. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.